Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Welcome back to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. I am your host, Julie Paulston, and I am so grateful that you came back. So today I want to talk about stories and how important stories are and how they have formed our history. It's how we have shaped our history from the earliest times that people can remember. We told stories. We told stories about our history. We told stories about our experiences. We've told stories about the events that have happened in our lives. However, so many times, especially us as women, we will downplay our stories we will think that our stories aren't important. We will think that, oh, I didn't have it as bad as that person, so my story doesn't matter. I used to feel like that a lot. And what I have learned, especially in the last seven months, is that your story is so important. And here's why. We don't know what everybody else is going through. And when we tell our story and when we share our journey, it ends up empowering other women. It ends up empowering other people. It helps our children to understand. Because I have three kids and I remember my son, my middle son, Malcolm, I remember he snuck out or he did something and, and he came home and he got busted. And I told him, I said, come on, seriously, I used to do that, Malcolm. That That's some shit your mom used to pull. And he was like, no, you never did that. I said, if you don't think that your mom did that, you probably should call grandma because grandma will tell you. So if you go back in your family history, there's so many stories. And when you get together at family gatherings, especially when it's, you know, the special people that are in your life, sometimes those stories bring us closer. Sometimes those stories help us heal from traumas. Sometimes those stories help us be a better person. So in the vein of stories, I wanted to share my journey and my story with you so that maybe somewhere in that story, you can find empowerment. Maybe you can find a common theme and maybe you can find the light that might help you out of the darkness. Because when you tell a story, I firmly believe with everything in my heart and my soul is when you tell that story, you are the light to lead someone else out of the darkness. Because when we were sitting in the darkness and we are sitting in the darkness, we think that we're the only one that can possibly be going through this. So my story is entertaining. It's, you know, I'm not gonna tell you the whole story because good grief, then what would I talk about on other episodes? I'm gonna talk about the last seven months of my life because really those have been the most pivotal and brought me to where I am now. I used to be an educator for a Fortune 500 company and let me tell you, I love my job. I identified with my job, I was my job. When anybody asked me about me, it was the first thing that I talked about. And when COVID hit, my job completely radically changed. 
I used to travel around the panhandle and I would educate and motivate and talk to the stylists in the area. I had probably about a hundred stylists that I was responsible for their education. We did in-person classes. I would travel. I would go into the salons. It was so much fun because I don't know if y'all have noticed, but it might be a little bit of a people person. So being out in that field and being out there with the stylist, it fed my soul. It allowed me to share my journey with them so that when they were trying a new haircut or trying to formulate a color or doing something like that, I had something to be able to share with them so that they knew that they weren't alone on this journey. And I hadn't always been an educator for this company. I started as a stylist, so I really had that knowledge of what it was like to move up through the ranks. It was pretty cool. I started on the West Coast with the company. I got the privilege of traveling all over the United States, helping to grand open stores. And I got to go to Mexico to hair shows. I got to open two stores in Alaska. I've been to, I, I mean, I can't even tell you how many states I've been to with this company. So they selected me and asked me, and I had the honor of piloting a program for them. And it was the new way that we were going to do things with education and hiring and so many different things. I jumped at the opportunity. They moved me lock, stock and barrel from Oregon, Washington area to Chicago. That was interesting. I had become real complacent in what I did. And I thought that maybe this job shift and taking this new position would wake me up out of my complacency. So I went to Chicago. I had a blast. I met some amazing stylists and people in Chicago. But once again, I got complacent and I got bored. And it was funny. They decided to release the program nationwide. And I had come down to Florida on vacation with some friends for the weekend. And I was looking around and we flew into Pensacola and we went out to this house near Destin and we were staying right on the water. I mean, walked out the door, there was the beach. And I remember sitting on the beach going, people live here? This is like where people live? I mean, come on, seriously, this is incredible. The water was turquoise blue. I saw dolphins, I turned into a five-year-old. So when I went home, my boss had been talking to me and she said, hey, by the way, do you know anybody in the Pensacola area? We're looking for an educator there. And sometimes you get those nudges from the universe, that nudge that says, hey, you need to do this. Kind of like with the whole podcast thing. Julie, you need to do this. So I said, I volunteer. Once again, grabbed my dog, threw my stuff in a car, had the rest of it shipped down, and I moved to Pensacola. And I will tell you that I found my home and I got the opportunity to redo and kind of like a mulligan in golf. I got to redo everything. I got to learn from the mistakes that I made in Chicago. And did I make more mistakes down here? Of course I did. Mistakes are okay. So y'all, if you take one thing away from anything that I talk about, celebrate your mistakes, honor your mistakes, do a dance when you make a mistake because out of that mistake becomes a learning, it becomes a lesson, and eventually it becomes a blessing. So anyhow, I'm down in Pensacola. I am loving my life. I'm having some challenges, but I'm thinking, you know what? I can power through this. It's going to be okay. 
then COVID hit. And I went from traveling and being gone and traveling all over the panhandle in lower Alabama and doing in-person classes and just really being out and about with people to being locked in my house, like probably most of you guys that are listening ended up having to do the same. So here am I locked in my house when I am truly a person who thrives on being out and about did not do well with my mental health. I started really struggling with depression. I started very much isolating. And unfortunately, my depression turned into aggression. My communication skills went down the drain. And there was one day I went out on a friend of mine's boat just to kind of have a day. And I ended up breaking my wrist in three places. I was sitting out on the bow of the boat. I figured I'd just going to swing my feet around and get in the boat because it was getting a little choppy. Well, I got launched into the boat, broke my wrist in three places. That was July 11th. If you don't think that my depression ratcheted up about four gazillion degrees after that, because now it was also my dominant hand. Now I couldn't type. I couldn't write. I couldn't work out. I couldn't do all the things that I wanted to do. And the demons took over. They were playing a song in my brain that I just couldn't get to slow down. So needless to say, August 27th, the company decided to part ways with me. That would be a polite way of saying, Julie, uh, you're fired. I got fired and my world fell apart. I had identified with this company. I, I, I bled the company colors. I mean... Anybody that talked to me knew that that I was just everything about this company. And so when that happened, I had to own my shit. And I had to own the fact that I had done things that were not okay. But it didn't help the fact that I didn't have a job. So I'd been hearing nudges for a long time, but I kept ignoring them. You know how you get those nudges from the universe? <laughs> well, I kept getting the call from the universe and I just kept forwarding it into my spiritual voicemail and saying, you know what? I'm going to deal with it later. I have to have this job. Well, the universe said, well, we have better things for you. So now you don't have a job. But what I tried to do is once again, power through, control everything. And I couldn't find a job and I was starting to panic. And then September 15th, <laughs> September 15th, I met a gal. Her name is Sally. She happened to be a hurricane. Now, let me remind you, I moved from Chicago. And before that, I lived on the West Coast. I'd never been in a hurricane. I had no idea what a hurricane was. And for all intents and purposes, everybody said that Hurricane Sally was not going to be any big of a deal. Oh, girl, it's like a hurricane one. It's no big deal. It's just going to rain a lot. It's going to be breezy. It's going to be easy, be breezy, beautiful. It, no, it wasn't. Um, we lost electricity about two o'clock in the afternoon. And so I'm sitting there, I had flashlights and stuff and I ended up going to bed probably about nine because I was bored and I'm, I got tired of listening to the howling winds. It was really scary. And so I went to bed and about 1230 in the morning, I woke up and I heard dripping and I thought, what the, the hell is that all about? Crap. So I stood up y'all. I stood up in water. My feet hit the ground and my feet hit water. And that is, if you've never had that experience, that is instant terror and panic. I could hear the branches hitting my house. I could hear the wind howling. It sounded like freight trains were coming around the corner at my house. 
And so I get up, I grab a flashlight and I go to the end of my bed. Thank God there was no water there. So I grabbed the hook latch rug that my mom made me when I was a little kid before I was born. I tossed it on the top of my bed and I started exploring the house. I looked out my sliding glass door. That was mistake number one. The water was to my sliding glass door. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be trapped here. Mistake number two, I looked out my front window. Now I have a palm tree. I'm looking at it right about now. It's about three feet tall. It was almost underwater. And there were white caps in my front yard. And I thought, oh God, I'm trapped. What am I going to do? So me being the person I am, I start dialing for dollars. I don't have a huge circle of friends down here, but the circle that I have is amazing. So I called my best friend, Dawn. I'm like, girl, I'm coming to your house. She's like, uh, no, you're not. She said, you can. She goes, Julie, I'm not telling you you can't, but all the roads to my house are underwater. And I thought, oh God, I'm stuck. So then I thought, who else can I call? So I called a couple other people. They're dealing with their own, you know, hurricane panic crap going on. And I ended up calling a friend of mine, Julie, and she said, girl, come on. So at that point in time, I had a friend of mine who had moved down here from Washington staying with me. And I heard her, holy shit, because her feet hit water as well. We panic packed. I packed as much stuff into a little suitcase that I could. I grabbed the dog and we went out. And when I opened the front door, the water came rushing in. When we left, from the time that I got out of bed, there was no water in my living room. By the time it took us to get all of our stuff, panic pack, and walk out the door, there was a foot of water in the house. So we got over to Julie's house. We're sitting there in her living room, and it dawned on me, I got to go back and get my car. So we drove back out in the hurricane, and that was probably one of the scariest experiences I've ever had in my life. Because I'm driving down the road, we're avoiding trees coming down, there's power lines coming down, the wind is howling, the rain you can barely see out of the windshield. So we pull over to a house that's a little ways down because it was the only place that we could actually be without being in water. And we walked back to the house and the lightning is flashing, the rain is pouring down and it is terrifying. The wind is howling. It's probably about 80 miles an hour. If you've never been in that, I, I, I don't recommend it. It's, it. it's not real fun. It's not really entertaining. I was able to get my car out. We were able to get back to safety and you, I understand what PTSD is. I understand what absolute shock is because I sat there and listened to the wind howl and I knew I was safe, but all I could think about was what about, what about my house? So the next day, the wind had died down enough and we were able to come back and we had to park down the street and walk. And I have a video of it. And even at that point in time, there was still, the water had receded. I don't understand where that amount of water comes from and goes. It's still a mystery in my brain. We opened the door and you could see the watermark is we had probably about three and a half feet of water in my house. Y'all, I lost everything. I lost all my furniture. I lost most of my clothes. I lost every pair of shoes that I owned. I lost everything. In the moment, it was shock and horror and what do I do now? So I grabbed what I could and went back over to uh, Julie's house. And what was funny is that my mom's 80th birthday, we had tickets to fly to Arizona to surprise my mom. 
Well, we got to Arizona and before we even had to leave, I had to borrow a pair of flip-flops because I didn't even have shoes. The flip-flops that I'd worn, I had to throw away because the water was so disgusting. So I went through all of that. And out of that though, my dream was born. I ended up meeting people, ended up winning a contest, had someone help build my brand. I have been an educator for 10 years. I have been a speaker for 30 because I have almost 31 years of sobriety. So I've done speakers meetings and I love to speak publicly. And so I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to motivate and educate and inspire people to live their best lives. And the opportunity came up and I grabbed it. I launched my own company. I have now, this is episode two of my podcast. I have incredible people lined up to talk to you. And I just, I tell you that story because no matter what you go through, there is always hope. Hope is the key. Hope is the light at the end of the tunnel. Hope, if you can find that spark, find somebody else that has that spark and the two of you will create a flame. It might flicker, it might almost go out, but as long as you have your sparks, you can always create a flame. And when you find more flames, they create a fire. And when you have more fire, it creates an inferno. And when you have the infer inferno, that means that you can burn away everything that no longer serves you. You can step into your truth. You can step into your power. You can step into the divine goddess that lives inside of you. You can rise from the ashes of your life and you can reclaim that divine inner phoenix. There's a reason why I went through everything that I went through in the last seven months. And it's so that I could be here right now in this moment, talking to you, telling you, if you've been through it, you will be okay. You might be bruised. You might be broken. You might be devastated and you might be grief stricken. You will have tomorrow. You can get up. Find the people that have the spark and the light of hope. They will be the ones that lead you out of the darkness. So tell your stories, ladies. Please, 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 if you take anything out of this episode, tell your story. Your story is so important. Your story matters. Your story will become history for your family. Your story will become history for the circle of friends that you have. And your story has the power to change the world. So tell it. Do not be ashamed of your story. Throughout these podcasts, I'm going to be sharing things with you that are so raw, that are so real, that you may sound, hear it and go, oh my God. I'm going to talk about abortions. I'm going to talk about adoption. I'm going to talk about being a foster parent. I'm going to talk about being homeless and addicted. I'm going to talk about all of the things that I went through and the stories that I did and the actions that I took to rise every single time. If you could see me right now in my office, I have a massive phoenix behind me. Be the phoenix of your own life. Find the flames. Rise because I know that you can do it. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you so much for spending time with me. 
if you found anything in this that you think somebody else would enjoy or that they could use or that they could learn from, I would ask that you would share this podcast. If you learned something, I would love to hear what you took away from it. If you could take one thing from this podcast, drop it in the comments because I would love to know. I would love it if you would follow me, friend me, find me, all of the good stuff that social media does. I'm super excited for next week because next week I'm going to have my first guest and this woman is phenomenal. If you've ever heard of EFT and tapping and learning how to unleash your roar, you will want to join us. So with that, I appreciate you and we will virtually see you next Wednesday. Have a great week, my friends. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you. And remember, you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored, you are worthy, and you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired. And if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much and have an absolutely magical day.